0: In the morale we are holding by the Mishnah, which talks about the first of the Zugos, Yosef ben Ye'ez and Yosef ben And we saw, just to recap, the main point that the morale was talking about, and that is the Zugos accepted together the Mesurah, which means that what each of them said wasn't a, a complete Mesurah in its own right, rather, it was a chalik of a Mesurah that they shared. And therefore, when Yosef and Yosef and Yechanan are both coming to describe how to apply what they learned from their teacher Antigonus Nishaycha. Antigonus said that Avoida Hashem should be both with Ava and Yira, and he was referring to a person's personal Avada, and they came to expand that to the way a person uh, wants to develop the atmosphere in his home it should be a place which fosters Avis Hashem and Yerushalayim in all the members of the family. We spoke about last time why that's so important, because they were living at a time when the atmosphere outside the home was the it was the door of the Messiavnim, of those who tried to emulate the Greeks, and therefore the concepts of Avis Hashem and Yerushalayim were very far from the worldview or the focus of and therefore and to combat that one would have to make his home the place where that would be a bastion of Torah, of Avat Hashem, and of Yeroshima. Yes, Ben Yavin's advice was based on three points. He said firstly that a person's house should be a base of it should be a place of meeting for the chachamim, And that would make therefore the focus of the house revolve around Torah or Torah scholars. And this is always the principle and that is the way to uh, come to avos Torah, is for a person that can learn Torah themselves, so then the Torah itself provides a source of love and inspiration and the admiration that people have for Torah. Whereas if a person, and especially if we talking about one's family, one's wife and children, who don't have that exposure to Torah directly, then it's the honor and the love given to Tamilecha Chachamim, which instills that Avasa Torah. And therefore, if, the, if a home is a place gather and that becomes the focus that becomes the priority that becomes the 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 nature of that home but like we saw the, the danger with that is that friend that closeness and uh, proximity to can breed familiarity and a lack of respect because uh, from a distance you know, just the, the name of a big god or the name of a big tzaddik, uh, invokes respect, people don't know them well, so they just know about their reputation and therefore from a distance it's easy to respect someone whether somebody is uh, a regular visitor in one's home and you're always serving them breakfast, lunch and supper and uh, you, 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 you in a, you sense close to them on a physical level sitting around the same table sharing the same rooms, whatever it might be, and that can cause a person to lose some of that respect it's like that becomes, so to speak looked at as a friend as a contemporary. And for somebody who is not a Chacham, to consider the Tamil Chacham, the Godal, to be his equal, is a lack of cover And therefore, the second point of advice that Yosef ben Yosef gives us is have You may be together, but consider yourself sitting at the dust of their feet, which means you have to see them as being greater than you, even while you're next to each other. And the way to do that, the third point of advice he gave us is Drink their words with thirst. In other words, if the point of interaction between you and the Godel and the Tariq is discussing uh, the food on the table or whatever other events it is, something which doesn't lead a person to admire the greatness of the Tariq, the Tamiqochim, with whom he's sharing company, so then he's not going to necessarily be inspired or uh, uplifted by being together. Whereas, if a person's experience of being with a time is because it's an opportunity to hear divrei Chachma, it's an opportunity to learn from the Chacham, then if that's the case, then that itself is inspiring. Every time a person has, comes into con- close contact with somebody who has so much to give, who understands so much, who knows so much, then that's just going to reinforce their admiration. It's not just what a person heard from a distance, about someone's godless or somebody's a smuddle, or somebody's knowledge. It's something that they've seen firsthand. And therefore, if, you, if they're able to drink their words with thirst, they're going to be much more, uh, inspired struck, so to speak, or inspired by the company of so Atam al That's what we saw in just in brief, what in the morale so far. Now, if you're looking at learning inside, so we're holding by the last paragraph when he talks about this, and he says, that on the paragraph which begins that it's interesting he adds a word called to the Mishnah not just their words but all their words and he says just like if a person is without his intelligence he's missing something and therefore he's thirsty for what he doesn't have and he that's why a person will drink thirsty when he needs to for, to complete himself when a person doesn't drink he's missing something and being able to drink makes him feel satisfied that's why a person is desperate is eager to uh, drink when he's thirsty because he feels lacking without it, and therefore, the, the the person who's thirsty and feels he's missing something, is very desperate to drink. That's the way to to relate to the words of the Talmud. And now what Maamaral explains here, and let's be careful a little bit to understand this properly, is that while the Mishnah obviously means simply what it says. A person should have contact with Tommy Chachamim, his home should be a place of meeting for Tommy Chachamim, and the person shouldn't lose his respect for Tommy Chachamim, but there's also a marshal in the Mishnah. And that the moral says in that relationship of a person's home to the Tommy Chacham, who's the visitor, is mirrored by a person's relationship of his body to his ability to obtain Chachma, understanding. Because then, in that case, if a person wants to uh, work on understanding and developing his kachmah, his knowledge, so then that's really a connection to uh, kachmah, to Torah, and it's like a visitor. His home is the body, and he's inviting the visitor, the seichel, the knowledge of Torah, into his home. And then here also, if a person must be open to accepting kachmah, just like a person's home should be open to a be- in other words, that a person wants to always learn and take in and understand Chachmah. and then bat, uh, He says the seichal, a person's understanding, is lived off from a person. And therefore it's not that it's like now part of him on the same level as everything else. That his knowledge and his understanding is like a physical uh, need or a physical middle which needs to be fulfilled like the needs of his body. Rather it's something else, something different which a person has to connect to. And the way to do that is for a person to humble himself to the dictates of the seichal. Which means if a person wants to live with that value of his knowledge, his understanding, his intelligence, then a person has to let the seichal rule over him. Or in simple words, he should, so to speak, uh, sit in the dust of the seichal, which means subdue what his body wants to what the seichal demands. And then the third point is to drink thirst towards. words. In other words, a person feels that without seichal, he's missing something. He's not complete. Even though as a physical being he is complete, and as a very advanced animal, a person can do and look after himself uh, and take care of the needs of his body. But he, when a person realizes that he doesn't, what well, he doesn't have, when he doesn't have seichel, then he feels incomplete without it, and that's what makes him thirsty. Like morale says thirst denotes a lack a person has, and he tries therefore very hard to complete, to fulfill himself. And if a person feels that what he's missing is something which is a, a real lack within the person, and that's something a person is going to look to complete, and that was the Moshele we just spoke about, that the Seichel is the mashim of the person, and therefore if a person feels that well, how much he needs the Seichel and how much is missing without it, that's what's going to drive him to try and obtain more of it, and which we talk about learning wisdom, drinking thirstily just like by a person that a person is seichel there's who hashram that completes a person without that he's missing something and therefore the the drive to know more is that every person feels fulfilled then I'll tell you a nice vat I heard from Mr. Kizrachi. I'll call it a vat but it brings out this point we know that there are two the two brochas Most of the brochas we say are midrabanan, but there are two times you find a scriptural instruction to say a broch. The one is a pasuk, and that is vachalta, vsavata, a person eats and is satisfied, And then you have to thank Hashem. And therefore, it's a clear instruction from the Torah that once a person's eaten and is satisfied, then he is obligated to thank Hashem which means the bench, and that's the bracha midaraisa a person has to make after eating. After eating. Before eating, you know the brachas to be said before eating as well. Those brachas are only from the Rabban. So the person can't benefit from the Sultan bracha, and therefore a person has to make a bracha before eating as well. When it comes to the second bracha midaraisa, we know it's the bracha on learning Torah. We know from Pasukav, uh, okay, no, we don't want to call the name of Hashem. So we must give greatness to, to first, you know, give praise to him before we mention his name, which means we must give, make a bracha before we begin to learn. And even though we know there's two brachas on the Torah as well, when a person gets an aliyah, there's a bracha before reciting the Torah, the bracha and there's the bracha after when gets an aliyah, Hashem, that's another Torah, MS. And out of these two brachas, we know that the bracha which is midaraisa is the bracha before learning. The bracha and Or we could ask the question, why is it that when the two brachas the one which refers to food is a bracha after eating, and the one which comes when the Torah is a bracha before learning Torah? Now, really, they can ask the question, and based on the halachic understanding, I don't believe it's a question at all. Because there's two different kinds of brachas. There are some brachas which are called birkas ashvach, which means brachas of thanks or brachas of praise. And the are some brachas which are called birkas ha which means a bracha on our uh, stating our intent and uh, th- our, grateful, our gratitude for the opportunity to do a mitzvah. Now, birkas ha-mitzvah, the Gemara says, always are over The time to make a bracha and a mitzvah is before doing the mitzvah, which means it's a, a statement of intent. I'm about to do a mitzvah and I'm appreciating that opportunity which is why bracha and a mitzvah come before the mitzvah. Whereas when it comes to a a bracha of gratitude, of thanks, then it makes sense that when when is a person more grateful, before he's eaten and he's still hungry, or after he's eaten and he's now satisfied. And therefore, if it's a bracha bracha of thanks, so it makes sense, a person is more grateful once they've eaten and are no longer hungry. Whereas when it comes to bracha of mitzvah, so then the tans like a bracha is on on the intention of doing a mitzvah, which is beforehand. So it's not really a question, at least halachically. But Rav said a nice answer. And he said that the din is that a person makes the bracha on food after eating, because that's when he's satisfied. He's satisfied, he doesn't want to eat more. He said, but by the Torah, it's the other way around. Because when a person begins to learn, that wets the thirst to learn more, to know more, to understand more. And therefore, after having learned something, in a sense, a person is more thirsty than before he began. In other words, now he, now that he's begun to appreciate and understand Chachma, so now it awakens the desire or the drive to know more Chachma. And if that's the case, he's thirsty than when he started. In which case, the time to make the brachas before he starts. Like I said, it's a nice vote, but the yisod that he's saying is correct. It's true. And that is, we always talk about this. In Yeshiva, with Bahrim, we want everyone to come to Avasatara. We want people to love learning and to appreciate learning and to look to learn more and to broaden their knowledge. What's the way to do that? And the way to do that isn't to start by trying to bring people to want to learn or to love to learn. And after teaching them, because if they've never experienced it, they're not going to love it. They're not going to appreciate it. They're not going to connect to it. What works is the other way around. A person starts to learn and they start to understand Torah and be inspired by Torah and feel the depth of Torah. And then when that happens, now they want to learn more. Now they want to learn more Torah. And therefore, the learning Torah itself is the, so to speak, the catalyst, which is going to bring a person to the, the love of of Torah. It's going to awaken that thirst to know more Torah. And then they're going to want to learn more. And that's Thomas Ibrahim. When a person starts to hear what the Seichel tells him, if he invites the Seichel into his body, and now he lets it to rule him, again and, and direct him. So then that is going to awaken a person to how much better things are when he when he follows the dictates of his seichel, when he doesn't just act on his impulses or his medis, and therefore that's going to create the timah, that's going to create the thirst, and a person's feeling he's missing something without more, and therefore he's going to want to learn more as well. And therefore the same parallel in the Mishnah, maral explains, the maral the isn't just talking about the simple pshat, which is for sure true, and that is how one's home should be a place of Chachamim. But uh, uh, the mashal is also true. And that is that a person's body should be a repository for chachmah. And how the person should relate to that chachmah that is going to influence him. the Maharaj says, uh, We have to make one's house in the best possible way. And that it should be a place of hakhamim, and therefore that should be the atmosphere which permeates the home. But then after that, he says, "It applies to a person's house, it applies to, so to speak, his body. Why? The person's body also accepts his understanding." And then it's found inside of it. So his, his, play, his body has now become a meeting place or a, a place for Chachmah to, to, to be. And if just like a person's home, must be a place where Chachmah are welcome and what are looked up to and learned from, that same process must apply to a person's Seichel. That is On the one hand, the seichel starts as something separate to the person. No one's born with knowledge. No one's born with seichel, as opposed to the person's body and his instincts and his impulses, which are part of him from when he's born. But actually, the yes, no the person can connect to the seichel. He can invite the seichel, so to speak, to, into him to know it, to learn it. But if it's going to have an effect on the person, just like when you said in the case of the person's house, he should humble himself and sit by the feet of the Torah Same thing when it comes to the person's cycle. What he connects to it is by willing to accept its direction. Rakhyaishu by Kesher, the Sius makes a connection between him and the cycle and Nimt Torah Chacham. Just like the Torah was in his house, Vzei Kesher mitzius bilvad shenimt Eimoi, Avalei Iru bechibragam. They're not equals. It's not like they're now connected completely. Just like that thought that a person connects to his seichel, that is that he submits himself to what the seichel tells him to do. That also brings the thirst that a person who wants to know more, and that's the thirst of which he wants to drink, so to speak, the words of the chachamim or expand the words that his seichel is able to teach him. That means that now that he's using the chachma or Atam to complete himself. There's something he's missing without it, and therefore that's what's going to now complete it. Now it's an amazing thing. This idea that the seichel starts as something outside, as a guest, but then it becomes something which a person accepts as a as a source of instruction, he humbles himself to and he wants to learn from. We find something similar by the concept on the negative side as well. You know, the famous Muslim that Nassim al Novi gives David the malik after Sula Batsheva. So he tells a story about the visitor who came to a man's house, and then of him. the man insisted that he gives him his sheep. And on that Chazal that the Yitzhar began like a visitor, and but then afterwards it, uh, it became the Balabais. It ruled over the person. And we see a similar concept there too. And that is, if a person on the negative side is going to invite Yetzirah Rai as a guest, and that's now the guest, and it's also going to become a dominant factor and rule the person's decisions, just like we saw on the side of the Sahel. and that is that a person can let his understanding, first he bring it into himself as a guest, and then after it can rule over him, so that can exist with the Rai as well. But Now we need to understand here what the level of Ra we're talking about is, because we're talking about a person's bad name, menace. He's naturally lazy. He naturally has typhus, He naturally gets angry. But isn't the Yat Sahara that a person has to invite into his body or let, let, let rule over him? It's a natural part of him. And automatically, it's go- if he has that bad menace, it's going to have an effect. And therefore, the Ra we're talking about here is something else, is something different. It's a different dimension of what you call Yat Sahara. It's not something which is naturally part of a person. But it's a, a Ra that a person accepts. And as that he's accepted it, it's going to, so to speak, overpower him. For example, let's give a, a, a marshal of such a and let's say a, a, a negative ideology. An ideology which will lead to a person rebelling against Hashem, or breaking the Torah. For example, communism. Let's use communism as our example. No one was born a communist. Communism is a mindset. It's a way of thinking. It's an ideology. And it's a negative ideology. It's an anti-Torah ideology it's something which if a person accepts and then so, so to speak he gets hooked onto the doctrine of communism so now it becomes the visitor in his home It now becomes where his mind is now accepted as a way to live and then also it's going to dominate him which means it's going to act, it's going to take hold of how he acts and what he does and it's going to force him to be a certain way that's the rat. that's the evil of uh, how it so then becomes the balabayas and rules his body. And it could be communism, it could be any other uh, ideology or concept which is right, which is bad. So it's not coming from a person's medus. A person doesn't admit it to be a communist. It's coming from a person's mindset, which the sotan can then introduce a negative mindset to a person, and that's going to cause him to, cause him to do wrong, cause him to stray from the path of the Torah. But even though that's the case, there's a, a big difference between the Koyakh Torah, which is we saw in this Mishnah, when it takes hold of a person's mind, and the Koyakh of Ra, which takes hold of a person's mind. And the difference is like this. When it comes to the of the of the Ra, so it's true that a person can, so to speak, allow a foreign ideology to enter into his mind, and then direct him and control him, and make his decisions for him. But that's where it stops. When it comes to the or the Torah which enters the person's mind, there's three steps. Number one, a person accepts the value of Chachmah, of Torah. Also, he sits at its feet, which means he lets it make decisions for him and he lives by its standards. There's a third step also, and that is that he is thirsty to learn more. Because the Torah is a full system. And therefore, when a person connects to Torah, and he sees how Torah influences and directs a certain part of his life, then he feels the, the lack or the loss of that Torah in other parts of his life, and he wants to know about them too. And therefore, keeping Torah, is, since the Torah speaks to every aspect of the human experience, every part of the person's life, so when a person sees the logic and the beauty and the sense how Torah acts in one area, he's going to want to know how Torah relates to other things too. That's going to create that simon, the thirst for an increased connection to Torah, which will in- expand the cycle and uh, apply the terrorist knowledge and understanding to every part of his life whereas when it comes to something negative the ra isn't a complete system and therefore in those areas where there's ra so a person's influenced by and will do bad but it doesn't create let's say a thirst for more because the ra doesn't apply to everything for example communism communism was maybe a political system maybe an economic system which is what it affected uh, shared ownership or way of running a government but communism didn't speak to people's personal lives. And therefore, if a person is a communist and it shapes his policy regarding politics or economics or whatever it might be, it has nothing to say or to, no interest and no connection to how a person lives his private life, his family or how he wears his clothing or things like that. And so, if a person has a different uh, anti-Torah ideology, we mentioned before the ideology at the time of Yassim ben himself. We spoke about Hellenism as a, that or the ideology which then was was prevalent. So maybe Hellenism is a certain uh, intellectual ideology, maybe it regards to how a person views their body or the physical world, or make, wants to uh, make the most of this physical world. But Hellenism has nothing to say with how a person runs their business, or what uh, standards a person keeps in honesty. It wasn't. No, no other ideology is a full system. It applies to certain areas which a person can accept, and that's where it ends. Whereas the Torah is the third step too. And that is when a person starts understanding the cycle of Torah, and starts, so to speak, letting the Torah make decisions in his life, then that's going to create the thirst to want to know more. And time's running out, the source what want to finish with the story. Now there's a big care of organization in Israel called Lev Lachim, and the way they work is that they take they send people just to make knocks on random doors of non-religious neighbourhoods. And when a man opens the door, they say, Hi, my name is so-and-so. Would you like to learn something? No, no commitments. No, I'm here. I'm available to learn. you. Would you like to learn something, any topic you'd like to learn? And uh, that was, the, so to speak, the way in to have a discussion about Torah topics or to start learning Torah. So when they wanted to launch this campaign, they went to the Godladar of Shaikh, to and they asked him, you know, if, if the person would agree. And said, so, "Yes. What would you like to? What would you like to teach me? What would you like to learn with me? What should we suggest? Should we suggest Ashkafa? Should we suggest Emona? Should, should we suggest Halacha? Should we suggest uh, no, uh, current events in the Torah perspective? What should be the topic? Which, if we ask to teach something, I we should choose to teach?" And Rav Shlach's answer was, "Teach anything." It doesn't make a difference. He said, "If he busy learning Bava in Koheil." And He says the power of Torah is such is that when a person learns Torah then it opens up their mind it creates a thirst to know more Torah and therefore where a person begins is really irrelevant because once the thirst for Torah is going to be created the person is going to want to know more and more and that's exactly what he's saying there. the advantage of the Torah in a person's mind as compared to other things is that it creates a thirst to know more because since the Torah is a full system and speaks to everything in life then whenever a person says of value and I appreciate the Torah's opinion, so then in every other area I want to have the Torah's opinion too. And that's the Shayt of Islamist brain which will bring a person to learn more and more.